I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, June 30th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, good morning. And not to make you feel bad about sleeping in on this Thursday, but in the time it takes for you to listen to this intro, guess what? Apple's made 1,752 USD. That's greenbacks in pure profit. That's right. According to Tripality, Apple, Microsoft, and Google are all in what I'm calling the four digits club. Those are companies earning four digits of profit every 10 seconds, but peak pals don't get down. While you might not be earning thousands in this brief little intro here, we've got a jam-packed episode that I guarantee will make you smarter, and that's more than can be said for most Canadians. For our first story, brands en masse are pulling sponsorship money from Hockey Canada. For our second story, if it's up to some Ford executives, dealerships could be a thing of the past. And for our last story, Valkman to Sweden and Finland as they move one step closer to joining NATO. For our first story, Scotiabank, Tim Hortons, Telus, and Canadian Tire, I've heard of all of them, have suspended funding for Hockey Canada following the organization's mishandling of sexual assault allegations against its players. So, PeakPals, let's dig into why such big brands have chosen to abandon one of the most important institutions in our country, that's Hockey Canada. So, in May, TSN revealed that Hockey Canada has settled a lawsuit with a woman alleging eight Canadian Hockey League CHL players, some of whom were members of the 2017-2018 World Junior Team, repeatedly sexually assaulted her after a Hockey Canada event in 2018. Now, the plaintiff did not name the players in her statement, but did claim that Hockey Canada was made aware of the incident and chose not to investigate further. She requested $3.55 million in damages, but the final settlement amount was undisclosed. Now, the federal government has since frozen Hockey Canada's funding amidst concerns that government dollars were used to fund the settlement. That's a claim that Hockey Canada denies. But now big sponsors are following the government's lead. Scotiabank paused all funding for Hockey Canada, while Tim Hortons, TELUS, and Canadian Tire pulled their support from the World Junior Championships this August in Edmonton. Now, according to Hockey Canada, business development partnerships account for 43% of its funding, while government money only accounts for 6%. Now, other partners that could potentially take action include ESSO and Nike. Marketing professor Joanne McNeish told Bloomberg that losing millions, even in the short term, will result in a shock effect that will seriously hurt the organization. Now, as of right now, Canada will still compete in the World Juniors as planned. Just don't expect to see any Scotiabank logos. The House of Commons requested an independent investigation into Hockey Canada's handling of the allegation that could result in changes that would force the organization to better address the sport's history of abuse, racism, sexism, and homophobia. For a second story, if you're a fan of haggling with salespeople at car dealerships, we have bad news for you. Ford plans to shake up the tried and tested dealer model of car sales using the sale of electric vehicles as a testing ground for big changes that could leave that nice fellow who thinks the red Corvette would really suit you feeling a little bit car sick. Now, I've never bought a car before. In fact, I just learned how to drive. But the idea of haggling with a salesperson at a dealership, Peak Pals, to me, it sounds terrible. So I'm a fan of this move. I just want to go on the internet and buy something and go pick it up. But here's what's happening for those of you who don't know. Now, Ford CEO Jim Farley has been vocal about wanting to only sell EVs online and remove inventory from dealerships entirely, arguing that this approach would save the company money and that consumers have shown a willingness to buy cars online during the pandemic. We've seen that in Canada as well with companies like Clutch and Canada Drives. Now, Farley also wants to ban price haggling on EVs, meaning dealers can't increase the prices of the cars on their lot and have dealerships act more as service and repair centers. Now, this model is directly inspired by Tesla. Now, they have a direct-to-consumer sales effort, and its decision to only sell vehicles online in 2019 was groundbreaking at the time. 
Other automakers have expressed interest in D2C sales with Volvo and Volkswagen now selling cars directly to consumers in Europe. And this is per the New York Times. But there's a catch with all of this. Many Ford dealers feel threatened by Farley's vision and are confused about why EVs have to be sold differently. Now, Farley met with 300 dealers this week, fielding questions and reassuring them that they are a vital part of Ford's business model. But some of our Farley's ambitions, like not allowing dealers to raise prices, might not even be possible due to, believe it or not, franchising laws protecting dealerships in certain states and provinces. And here's why all of this matters. So basic stiffer competition from upstarts like Tesla, traditional automakers are trying to innovate with more EV models and new sales strategies. But some legacy aspects of the business, like a distribution network centered on local dealerships, are going to be tougher to change. And for our third story, Finland and Sweden finally got the big invite to join NATO they have been waiting for after Turkey dropped its opposition to their membership, setting the stage for the most significant enlargement of the alliance in years. I've got to say, Valkman to our Swedish and Finnish friends for joining one of the best intergovernmental military alliances on the planet. Here's the background. Both Nordic countries had expressed their desire to join NATO, but Turkey refused to let them in. All NATO members can veto newcomers, and it's because of their objections to policies regarding the PKK, a group that has fought for an independent Kurdish state partially on Turkish territory. Now, as part of the price of admission, Finland and Sweden agreed to drop arms embargoes against Turkey and toughen their laws against PKK and other groups that Turkey deems to be a terrorist threat. Now, the deal is a major step forward in NATO's effort to contain Russia and resist its invasion of Ukraine. Finland actually shares a 1,300-kilometer-long border with Russia, and Sweden controls the entrance to the Baltic Sea, the two major strategic benefits for the alliance. Now, the U.S. is leading a larger push to strengthen NATO that goes beyond extending the alliance into the Nordics. Yesterday, President Biden announced he would establish a permanent headquarters for U.S. troops in Poland, send more soldiers to Romania, and ramp up air defenses in Italy and Germany. Now, here's what's next in the whole Russia, NATO, Finland, U.S. kind of ordeal. Now, Russia has warned Finland against joining NATO in the past, and their entry into the alliance could prompt retaliation from Moscow. Both sides appear to be settling in for a long, drawn-out fight, and the odds of a peaceful settlement anytime soon remains slim. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dill Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. 